banana hammock. Banana hammock. Banana hammock. <laughs> This is day two of EGX, our finger guns report from the show. I feel utterly shattered. Yeah, what's the point of doing it if we can't muck around? No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not like no mucking around, as in the intro isn't going to be long and wordy. Oh, right. We're just going to get down to beeswax. Right, like the long and wordy bit we're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so day two impressions. Greg? Busier. So much busier. Yes. Lots of kids getting in the way. A lot of school trips. Mm. Uh, but it was a lot busier, and I think everyone looked a bit happier today. Yeah. I think uh, because there was more crowds, I don't think the uh, like a sparsity of games compared to previous years was as noticeable, as noticeable. I think you could tell the staff were a bit happier to have people there, which gives them a reason to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone was just more chipper today. Mm. So... Yeah. Apart from us two, we were knackered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you get for Weatherspoons until 11 o'clock at night. Um, what was your highlight of today? Hmm. I quite enjoyed War Mongrels, which is very much like Commandos. The Courage Under Fire, the old point and click. It, it, in fact, is pretty much, I would say, spiritual successor slash homage to that. Uh, you play well in the demo I played you start off as two German soldiers who have realised the pointlessness of the war you're on your way back to an internment camp you get well your your transport gets blown up so you have to escape and yeah the mission I did you had to lose your lose your uniform and uh, that's as far as I got but I broke the demo which I didn't mean to because I did something in a different order and it sort of froze on me which is a bit shit but I really enjoyed it it took me back to the the commandos thing if you haven't played commandos it was like you pick a unit or pick, select them all it was top down sort of isometric move the camera around freely no I don't think you could spin the camera in commandos you couldn't you couldn't spin the camera it was fixed wasn't it yeah Yeah. well this one you can which is good uh, but yeah it's, it's tactical um, you know if you get seen and shot you pretty much die so you've got to be careful you can distract guards sneak up, kill them, throw distracting objects, throw bottles, that kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. That's up next, that's on the 19th. So yep. it's like a week. Uh, I, Two weeks. I covered that in our indie list. And it sounds, so one of the things that it kind of focuses on in a lot of the store listings and stuff is how there's like a narrative to it. So you start off as these two guys that end up kind of trying to rescue people from mm. war on the Eastern Front. And as they go through, they pick, pick up um, like more recruits for their team. And each time they do, they get like a, they, these new recruits have more skills. Yeah, yeah, I saw that from the trailer. It, it looks great. Weird it's made by a Polish team, though. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's it's a part of... We don't normally get like... is, is Are they, are the characters Polish? You know? No, the, the two in the demo were German soldiers. They had American accents, which is really annoying. 
I guess that's to make it more palatable for, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so Warmongrels was good. I enjoyed that. That's probably my highlight of the day. Yeah. And my, my highlight is Hook Up the Game. Um, this was one of the NFTS games, which is the National Film and Television School. They have a games incubator style thing where they get game development studios. I, I played, I thought I'd played them all. It turns out I haven't. There's like three others that I'm going to go back to and play tomorrow because there's like a corner I didn't turn and didn't see these games. But Hookup is, okay, it's a, a mature game, um, but it's in the form of like a mobile conversation so you basically your, your your view is of a mobile phone screen and it's this girl's kind of view of like a basically a tinder and she matches up with her high school bully and this high school bully was like the popular kid at school and he used to torment this this girl and it, it turned into a bit of a kink for her as in her tinder profile is like if you if you look like my high school bully i will match with you and that was like her description and then she accidentally kind of ends up matching with her high school bully it's there's there's like a narrative branch in it you can use emojis to respond to this guy however you see fit but it it, it went to some interesting places as yeah. in there was quite a lot of stars covering up what i imagine is text that would not be suitable for a game of a show floor yeah i can see that um really interesting because it felt like you know these idle clickers so a lot of these games I've you know I played some of the the, the phone phone games where you have to break into a phone or whatever um, you normally just watch the text appear on screen but with this you tapped the buttons to make the tap, the text appeared appear so it's it's quite good um, I'm really interested in seeing that game that like when it comes out like fully because it I have no idea in which direction it was going in but also, um, whatever di- direction that went in, that's an interesting premise. And <laughs> I just I can't think of a game that's done that before. And I'll be honest with you, this game was like brutally real in the way that it describes stuff. Like, yeah, I, I think a lot of people are going to relate to it, the way these characters interact. So, um, yeah, that was, that was a highlight. Was there anything else that you played today, apart from Pong? <laughs> yeah, the first game of the day that Sean and I played was... Pong on a, oh, what was it called? Is by, by, by tone, by Yeah, with the actual proper wheelie paddles and everything. Yeah, it's pretty difficult. Uh, I played. It's not a new game as such, but I played Flight Simulator. Yes, uh, I played did. it with Sean watching me, and I was seeing how low to the ground I could get with my um, small commercial plane and at one point I managed to bounce it off the scenery which was quite impressive I'm sure planes don't do that yes if you want to see the video of Greg do you know the thing is right before that video you like for a good four or five minutes you had a proper like Star Wars speeder I know like trench run trench run kind of thing oh the the speeder from the first yeah yeah Yeah, you you were like you were just just going over trees going very (laughs) low to the ground and then I started to record it thinking oh this is cool you crashed straight into a house. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't a house. It was a bump, wasn't it? Oh, it just clipped off the, fl- off the floor. I was going to say a speed bump, but planes don't tend to hit those. <laughs> it was a hill, I think. Yeah, they, they have a natural advantage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, later on in the day, I actually went back and played it properly. Or I, I attempted to. Um, I think I was getting my sleepy head on because I was sort of nodding off. It's a very calming game, I suppose, if you're trying to do it properly. But it's also 
in a juxtaposing kind of way it's also hard trying to maintain like the the correct altitude you don't have to you get like a little blue number telling you what you should be at speed wise and altitude wise and it's trying to keep that on the flight path kind of thing and I found myself getting tired so I tried to do a loop the loop and I got up so far and as I started nose diving the floor because it was being realistic it didn't tell me I crashed it just blue not blue screaming but just black screen and went you something 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 overstressed the plane and crashed and I was like why can't I see that why, why why didn't you see the wings get ripped off the plane anymore? yeah I don't think they modelled that I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah that's great it, I, just, <laughs> it, I went up and I just sort of completed the loop and I was coming down and I thought I'm going to accelerate to the floor and I just went yeah you overstressed it and burned the plane oh I think it's because I had a plane full of people oh the people they, they don't want to render that <laughs> fair, fair enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> people just falling out of the yeah. on the ground yeah um so yeah, what else? I, I played more than two games. I just can't remember what they were now. I should probably write these down. Uh, I played the harp song, which was uh, like the Irish, more cheerful version of Hellblade. Yeah. Did you play that one? Yeah, I played that one yesterday, yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely a work in progress. It was a bit bumpy. Yeah, but like I was saying yesterday, it looks really good. Yeah. Like, I I would not have known that was a student project. Yeah, like three of them on the dev team. Yeah. Yeah, like the credits are like three people and whoever did the voices. So it was like, you know, I, I was super impressed with the quality of the... And I think what what impressed me about that demo was the, like, the way that the world was built. You could, you know, go off and do your little Skyrim. You said that at one point. Sorry, you said that at one point because I tried to do something. He's like, no, you could Skyrim your way over it, but there's nothing over there. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, you, you could, like... But the way that the game is developed, there's like a natural path that you can follow but also the game because it looks so good you just kind of want to go and explore yeah so uh, I was like and I think that's because there's like little wisps of like magic yeah, in there yeah yeah I thought that was the waypoint it wasn't I fell off that pier though you fell off the pier little dock type thing I just thought I wonder if there's any if there's any uh, collision detection no straight in the water straight in the water <laughs> could she swim no no because no, she, she flies doesn't she oh she did yeah I, she fly, she I didn't have it uh, the, the conversation hadn't finished where they were telling me you could fly so I just kind of bloop, threw it off the side <laughs> I was like alright and then I overshot one of the landings on one of the rocks and went straight in the drink again so yeah that was fun oh Octo Ninja Octo Ninja yeah that was a uh, cute little platformer very elaborate story though the story card is just like you're a ninja who befriends an octopus god type thing and then you have to save your friends but then you get whisked to an alien dimension and I'm like just pick one story I think he's trying to do too much. I think he's trying to captivate that retro um, platforming thing, but I think the story is trying to be a bit too cool. And yeah, other than that, like it's not really a fault. It was just like, all right, pick a thread, any what, thread. What did it play like? What yeah, it was good fun. Um, it, very similar to. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a comparison. My brain's just gone. But like, you can dash, double jump, and you get like a grapple. Like you, you have green orbs that you grapple towards. Okay. Um, any sort of Spyro crash type thing. Oh, so it was 3D? Yeah, yeah, 3D platformer okay. type thing. All right, okay. Like mini ninjas. Oh, mini ninjas, okay. But on a bigger scale, like bigger level design, spacey type. Okay. And so the, the levels were like bullet hell, like fury type things. Oh, okay. Not, not as hardcore, but like, yeah, like spinning turrets, firing purple orbs at you, that kind of thing. Nice. Yeah, that was, uh, that was good. I'm going to try and check that out tomorrow. Um, anything else? Yeah, I can't remember what. Okay. Well, we both played... I should really write these things down, didn't I? 
he should. But yeah. I mean, you know, we both played Grow the World Seed. Uh, I say played. I got fed up with that very quickly. Yeah, I mean, it was like a twee version of Fable meets Legend of Mana, and I was just like, oh god, this is uh, this is rubbish. And the, the problem with this game for me is that this is not a game that that um, is conducive to a show floor. I would probably play this game if it was at home and I had time to consume it. But like, there is a lot of talking at the start of the game. Mm, you can't skip. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're this character. Meet these these characters. You need to do this and this. And I'll be honest with you, when it, when if I got into the game and it was starting, basically you you're planting seeds and watering them, keeping um, weeds away and stuff like that. Um, this this isn't my my kind of game, but it does look good, and I can see there why it would appeal to people who like the kind of farming games. And there was a kind of a cool moment where you jump on the back of this animal, and you basically get to fast travel. But all it, all the fast travel is is like a zoomed out camera. You could pick the location on this huge world tree thing, and just go there. The, the bug flies there, so yeah, it's it's interesting. I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on it and see if. Um, like I say, it's one that I could probably play at home and probably enjoy there, despite it not being a genre that I'm particularly interested in. But, you know, it's just not one of them ones that translates on a show for. No, you want something you can jump into, not that. Yeah. I also played a game, so I went into the Left Field collection again just to play a couple of those. Uh, I played Mini Maker. <laughs> that weird sword leg thing you made. Yeah, so. Like I tried to play this demo yesterday, and it wasn't. I don't think it was working right. But basically, it appears like you are these two D characters that get like bits of things, and you have to create uh, like models out of the bits that you have. So, like the first one was like create a hero, and I had two arms, two legs, some eyes, and some like emoji things that I could get off them, and I could color them however I wanted. Yeah. And then as I progressed, I got more bits so I could make different things. So it was like, build a human, but I had no legs. So it was like, well, I'll give it two arms, I'll give it the eyes, I've got a body, and I'm just going to use swords for legs. <laughs> <laughs> so As one does. It was, I mean, the, the tool, the, the tools itself look like, you. it's a really cool kind of interface where you're like sliding drawers out on the screen to yeah. pick bits up. And which you've, uh, like, I... I I didn't get to play much beyond. I think I completed like four different monsters. Uh, I'd like to see where it goes next because, like, the toolkit there is very cool, and um, it will be interesting to see what happens next with it. And then I tried to play a game called Red Tether. Did you ever try that one? No. It's like a shmup, um, but you tether things together. So you you point at things and tether them together with left, and then you can close that tether with the right mouse okay. button. So. It's quite fun. Um, it just, I, th- I think the the kind of the demo start where I picked it up was like halfway through something, right? And it's like somebody obviously left half halfway through the demo, and it was kind of difficult to get my head around what it was going. So I spent quite a lot, a lot of time kind of getting my hands around it. But eventually, I was like, oh, tether these two enemies together and just close them by holding the right stick together and just watch them crash into one another. It was it was good fun. Um, I played Die After Sunset, which is basically like if if um, the old Killzone multiplayer had a baby with Fortnite. So you're in like this open world, and it looks like like you look at the game, and if you squint, it, it looks a lot like Fortnite. <laughs> um, 
and he plays this this girl who's basically got jobs that happen around this arena. So you go and you have to fight things at a particular place or defend things or collect things. So each each job's different, but the level has like five minutes worth of time before a big boss shows up. And I think you go to the jobs to open crates which give you better weapons and perks and stuff in order to take on the big boss. So the more jobs you do, the more prepared you are for the big boss at the end. Um, but if you die, you die, you go back to the start. No, no, try again. Um, it was challenging, but um, I mean, the, the final boss absolutely fucking wiped the floor in because I was shit at the jobs. Mm-hmm. Really, there was one particular like uh, task, which is like mirrors, you know, the bouncing light mirrors, the like puzzles. Oh, that one you played. Yes, I did catch you. Yes, the, the Mercury... Mur- murder cracking where it was Mur- Mur- mud cracking Mur- Mur- yes um, that's the boss you got to fight at the end yes like, I got absolutely mullered by that but you know so, some of the stuff was, was actually quite well designed in that so mm. it's coming out I think it's later this year and it's currently I think it's got one level but there's going to be more and I think P-Cube are publishing it so I'll keep an eye on that one um, we both played a bit of Crisis Remastered Trilogy yeah a bit of Crisis 3 which find it looks really good, actually. Yeah, it's like it's it's it's. I feel like I'm I'm not going to eat my words when it comes to the Crisis One remaster because that was terrible. I mean, that is a very old PC game that it it always gets heralded as like a trial by trial by fire for high spec PCs as this urban myth type thing. Yeah, you know, legendary. It was so graphically intense. It turns out it was just badly optimized. That's why it was melting PCs. But obviously, two and three were on console and they looked really good. Um, my, I, I finished three, but my thing was like it came out so. I said to Sean earlier on, my uh, my experience was somewhat jaded because it came out so soon after two, and even the thumbnail image for the Xbox header thing <laughs> on three sixty was Crisis Two's thumbnail, and I was like, this is just DLC. Um, in disc form so I was like it's just more of the same short game kind of thing but this remaster looks really good yeah and I quite enjoyed like having the the carbon bow again I, I quite like bow and arrows in games there's something really fun about nailing headshots from quite a distance and getting the accuracy and that kind of thing so that's quite fun to play with that but I had the ship level which is very linear but I saw you had a bit more of an open world type Thing going on. Yeah, so I I was in the part like the freeway that collapses and yeah, there's, like streets and stuff. Do you know it, this this demo convinced me that I do need to buy this collection, even if it's just not to play the first one. Yeah, this is it. I'm kind of like I kind of want to play it again to see how jazzed up they are. Yeah, and it, it just it was like a really nice reminder of how slick Crisis really is. Mm. Like it took me a bit of time to get oh okay well stealth and the extra armor. And the you know holding next to do the huge jump. Yes, just like power kicking things out of the way. Yeah, like kicking the bin over soldiers or whatever. It just it took a bit of time to get out of Call of Duty sense and get back into Crisis. But once I did, you know, there's part there's a part of that level where like the freeway falls and there's loads of dust up in the air and you turn on your your vision and you can see like the heat signatures of the soldiers. Yes, in the, in the, it's just in nano vision. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a good reminder of ah, this is the stuff that like I like when, yeah. when stuff when games give you these options. I think for me it was a precursor to Dishonored with the whole like sneaky sneaky stealth thing, like first person stealth. I don't think anything had really done that for me that I can think of before Crisis Two and Three. Yeah, because I, I love a bit of stealth, and when Crisis Two I managed to finish the last uh, mission on Liberty Island, 
and I snuck past the entire like army on there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck you. Um, and obviously Dishonored came out and carried that kind of thing on, which is why I like Deathloop so much. So it's that natural transition to go back to, you know, where it sort of came from for me. Yeah, I was I was actually I'd forgotten how much of like an immersive sim Crisis Two and Three are. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you go into an area and there'd be there'd be enemies, but you've got to get out the other end. But how you take them out, or even if you do, is up to you. I'm, I'm assuming they'll carry over the suit mods that you could do too, where you could siphon power more to stealth or to armor and stuff like that. I hadn't seen. No, I didn't see that in any of the options. They, they, they did say that I could customize the options using like the hand thing. Um, so yeah, if you hold it, you've obviously got your weapon mods and then your um. Oh yeah, that's the, that should be in there then. If you bring it in your hand, then it will. Yeah. You can you can channel the powers to. I, so I just you can, didn't have any, any points no. to be able to do any, no, any I mean, customization. So you, you can be more a tank, or you can be more sneaky, sneaky. Yeah. After we played that, I went to play Clash of the Metal. Oh yeah, I walked past that one point. It was and the the level they were fighting in was pretty much the replica training stage for Street Fighter Four, and I was like, okay. Oh, also we played Street Fighter Two, didn't we? On the snares. We did play Street Fighter Two. Who won? Uh, we are drawn. Yes, we are. So we shall continue tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, this this will probably end on Sunday morning when neither of us will actually want to go into the conference. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, this this class of metal is a fighting game. Um, it reminded me of Rise of the Robots a Ooh. whole lot. No, no, I, I liked Rise of the Robots because. Oh. No, all right. <laughs> right. It reminded me in a way that like it, it played like a modern day beat 'em up, but the chunkiness of the attacks. Yeah. So, big, big clanging robots. Yeah, so yeah. like there was there was a couple of attacks where you would like do like a little light punches, but most of the attacks that you could pull off were like, wow, I mean you just knock them to the side of the screen. Yeah. <clears throat> and um yeah, it was very I, I played this one guy, he sat down and he started playing on his own. So I picked up the controller and then I, and then after beating him, I, I kind of realised that he just wanted to play on his own and I felt bad because <laughs> um, he kind of stormed off but <laughs> um, you showed him well I mean he left me with half a health bar and all it was like <laughs> but, <laughs> but it, it was you know it, it felt like a good like the good good blocking good combos yeah um, it didn't feel like an indie game beats like fighting game that you see often I would say it was like up there with some of the better ones that I've played recently. But yeah. Um, I think the same developers were also there with like a game called Formula Retro Racing. I saw that. It looked like um I'm hoping I'm hoping you can remember the name of the game that it reminds you of because I Stunt Race FX. And there was a very old F one game that had like chunky graphics on the snares. That F one championship? It might be. I can't remember for the life of the life of me what, what game it reminded me of, but it's not I know what you mean, but and also a bit like that hot shot racing that you reviewed. Yeah, yeah. Um, really great, great physics in that. So like, the first one I played was just like a huge, uh, like zero shape of a racetrack. So like two circular corners. It, it's like nice. It's all about retaining speed. The second one was like very complex. It had like dirt on the outside, and the AI in this game is brutal like absolutely like aggressive uh, i tried to take this this um corner and this ai was on the outside of me and it just drove into me intentionally and blew up my car um 
and it's got like the you know the arcade time ticking down thing yeah yeah so it reminds me of like old arcade games so I'm well away with that um I then went to sat down and played this game called Spellbound the Magic Within that looks pointless see I know you don't like these games no I do not but I do that's right then <laughs> this is my jam this is the, like um it reminded me somewhat of like I don't know if you've played like, I know you haven't played but if, if any of the listeners have played it's called Arcade Spirits which is kind of a dating simulator set in an arcade where you meet different people and you've got like a story that unfolds but this this game is about I'm going to say it's it's like Harry Potter but only because Harry Potter's kind of got a money hat on every story involving someone discovering they are magic so you're basically a relative of someone who was magic and you are magic so you're going to go and live with these other people to go and learn how to control your magic and stuff and you get to choose your school of magic and you meet characters and say, say magic again sure magic <laughs> I know I'm sorry there's magic. a lot of magic in this this game was magic <laughs> um, yeah I was I was on board with this game like it's coming out in March 2022 and it's coming out on PC then and I think it's coming on Switch after that um Great art style. The amount of customization in this, no matter what you look like, uh, this game will have you covered. Um, I had a mustache. Um, you had a multicolored goatee. Yes, mul- yeah, multicolored goatee. Uh, big hoop earrings. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. Um, then we went back to the NFTS uh, games, and I played Spirit Guardian. Which in this game you play as a the ghost of a dog whose owner is currently going through the stages of grief and you are you are basically trying to ward off these grief kind of gremlins that come out of the the environment and try to attack the dog owner now the start of this game you know you're setting up this awesome dog and owner relationship and then it ends and it doesn't tell you how but after each chapter you get a little bit more information of how things went down and as a big dog guy I was like a bit heartbroken <laughs> um, I, I was told I got as, like as far in the demo as anyone had done during EGX and basically uh, it it's not challenging but it's designed to make you like it's it's strenuous so these spirits will come out of so you you move around in a first person perspective and pieces of furniture will rattle and shake and as the dog you can then release the spirit by going up and sniffing it and then once you click on it with the mouse cursor um, letters show up on the screen and there's there's like two or three that you've got to press and you move around with the W, A, S and D keys and initially the, the keys you have to press are all like R, F, V and C and they're all like quite close together next to the W, A, S and D key but as you go through the more the difficulty levels, the keys start to go further and further across the keyboard. So it just becomes more challenging because you're having to um, like look for more letters that aren't as close to your fingers. And it's like a really small game in that respect. There's like good audio audio clue, clues to say that there's ghosts in the room and stuff. I, I was impressed. You, you call them grief gremlin grief gremlins. That I don't know what else to call them. Like, <laughs> it's, it's like floating, like in. It just sounds like a name for some sort of like. Uh, cute way of saying depression, isn't it? Well, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm battling some grief gremlins today. 
<laughs> I'm going to adopt that as from now on. <laughs> I'm battling the grief gremlins. Um, there's and played a game called Himble Ventures, uh, which is kind of like Crash Bandicoot's 2.5D game where you kind of move through the screen as this bumblebee who's uh, collecting I, uh, like items in order to move through the, through the levels. This game has a lot of ideas in it. Um, it's got like, there's the first level has got so much stuff in it. There's like branching out, like branching paths, um, puzzles, platforming. Um, there's like dialogue delivered via like uh, vocal clips that you get played. There, there is a lot in this game. You, I, I, I feel like you could tell that this was a student game that, that that's trying to put everything in. That's that's taking every idea and implementing it. It's quite a mechanically complex game, um, but I enjoyed what I played. So um, it was to to look at. It's not an aesthetic that I find like particularly like awesome, but I really enjoyed playing it. It felt good to play. So then played. I'm probably gonna murder this pronunciation. Is it Zelige? Zelige? Oh, it's Z E L I G E, um, which is a game based around making. So basically, you are you are this um, decorator, it's like a tiler who's decorating um, a house, and it's using ancient art styles from India. Like yeah, mosaic tiles, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, you get to draw on this. Like, uh, so you point at a wall that you want to decorate this plane, and you then get to use like a mouse point and pencil thing to design your own like style mm. and it's only like a small square or a hexagon or something but you, you then get to color it in so you draw your design color it in and then when you when you click done the wall then replicates the entire pattern yeah it reminds me of those like pin boards that people have wool on they you make like a pattern yeah, of that yeah yeah, yeah. it looked in, it, as, it, as a concept it looked interesting like um like making mosaic tiles but it seems like unless you really want to play that kind of thing it seems like a bit of a weird I mean I suppose from, from a chill point of view you can just be like oh make some oh. sort of hexadecimal pattern type hexadecimal that's code um, hexagonal pattern or like a pattern within a pattern kind of thing but then yeah it just seems like someone who wasn't happy with the tile in their bathroom just went nuts and did all the whole house well I mean the first time I, I did it it looked like crazy paving because I hadn't like I decided on a I think <laughs> just look, like uh, there's no the symmetry. Lines, there's no symmetry to it. No, no. You looked at the wall and it looked like you know my eight, you know, three year old had decided to <laughs> tile a wall. But uh, as I as I got more experienced, I was like trying to put the like the typical designs in. There's like a, a star, and I was trying to do like square side on. Yeah. And eventually, I got to like some kind of patterns. I've got one now that's stuck to my. So one of the cool things is that NFTS does is they they pair a marketing student with a game designer. And the marketing for this game, so like you played the game, you designed a pattern, and once you've done so, you've got to print out the pattern. So now I've got a sticker on the back of my laptop of a pattern that I designed yeah. at the game show. It's like really, really great marketing. Also, like the game, I could see myself sitting down in front of, you know, I could see myself playing it, but I, like it's something that I can like dip in and out of. Like a therapeutic kind of thing, just yeah. five minutes of chill to make some tiles. I could probably like play it on, um, like a buzz or something. Like if it came mm. to mobile or something, that like it'd be perfect for touchscreen. Yeah, it would. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, it's... I never thought I'd recommend a game to go mobile, but that would be the one for it. Yeah, you could just easily draw the grid out with your finger, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, then I played Hookup. We've talked about that, and the last game I played was called Pest Whisperer, which is <laughs> a weird little dodo-y thing with, with spindly legs. Yeah, it reminded me of like it, Studio Ghibli met Cyril Sneer uh, the mm, raccoons. That's it. Yeah, the weird long snout thing. It was just the little legs that little like amazing animation. It's cool. So basically, this this little creature is a a humane pest disposal service, and like this town is having issues, and you go around and humanely get rid of pests so like one was like the letterbox was covered in snails so you just basically stuck them up with your snout and put them somewhere where they would be happy and there was like one where there was a a thing stuck to a box and the hint of that the screen said maybe there's something in the woods that was would, would be better for it so you went off and got some fruit from the woods and the, the bug flew off it was cool uh, very like amazing art style um I don't know how to describe it. It's so like technical, but again, the characters look like kind of Studio Ghibli with a quirky twist. Mm. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed that too. And that was everything from yeah. day two. And we did a bit of networking as well. Oh yeah, we met shout, so- shout out to Moheen from Radio Soho. Yeah, Radio he's Soho. Nice lad. Yeah, and he's freelancing with pretty much everyone. Yeah, fingers and pies, as he said. Yeah, but uh, it's been a great day. I, I feel like I went. I think we are both utterly knackered. Mm. It's really tiring playing video games, it, goddammit. It is, yeah. It's walking as well. Yeah. How many did we do today? Did you have Oh, I'd, I'd got nearly 20,000 steps. Oh, what? Well, I, I did more laps than you. You did, yeah. Because <laughs> you, you were busy doing your job and I was just walking around a lot. I sat on my ass playing games. Yeah. <laughs> and I, know, I just want to say, yesterday I said that I wasn't on board with um, Alien Fireteam. I changed my tune. I played a different level today and I enjoyed it. Um, still feels repetitive but it looks like it changes it up and it's all not just sci-fi corridors there was like a stone based level so yeah that's it for today yeah I still haven't played Lawn Mowing Simulator yet the Xbox I went on to didn't have it on there you didn't? it didn't no. oh. that's why I played Flight Sim properly right well we're going to have to get you on Lawn Mowing Simulator tomorrow <laughs> yeah the busiest day yeah right. we, we get in there before everyone else <laughs> <laughs> make a beeline yeah exactly I want to cut some fucking grass. So yeah, that was that was today's podcast. We will wrap this up with a day three. There's yeah. not going to be a day four. There's not going to be a day four. No, we're leaving early Sunday. And I, uh, I think I'll be all gamed out by then. Yeah, so um, if, if you are coming down um, and you're listening to this before you get to EGX, come and say hi. Um, and uh, I hope you've enjoyed listening to us talk more utter garbage about EGX games. Woo! Bye. Bye. Bye.